Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Amen. I'm uh, believing God today to really speak to us. And uh, if you'll turn with me to Judges chapter 16. Last week we talked about Lazarus, the wake up. And how Lazarus, in some regards, is dealing with things in our own life. Things that need to come awake, things that have been dead to come alive. But we're also speaking to the church. We're also speaking to the body of Christ. We're speaking to Christians. We're speaking to churches at large. We need the body of Christ to arise and to really show forth its presence and power. Uh, Nowadays, we are in the need of the presence of God. And we need the church to really come alive. There's so much going on in our world. Um, that the church needs to wake up and see and how to pray and how to intercede and how to encourage one another. Um, This week I want to call it Wake Up Samson. Last week was Wake Up Lazarus. This week is Wake Up Samson. The story is taken from Judges chapter 16. Samson was a mighty man of God called by God to bring deliverance against those who oppressed uh, his people, the Israelites, and he was called to bring deliverance to Israel. And he had a call from God at birth. And he was actually doing a lot of the things he was called to do, but he got distracted. And he got um, focused on the wrong things. And the truth is, he got deceived. And his weakness was women, and he ended up. Um, being with a woman that we all heard the name, and the name is, of her is Delilah. So going to verse 4, it says, Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the valley of Sorek. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, Entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So here we have Samson. He's really destroying um, Philistines left and right, and the government leaders are upset. They're upset at him. They're upset at Samson. They want him gone. They do not want him alive. They don't want him a part of anything that's going on. And the government leaders are causing uh, Samson's, they, they want to take away Samson's strength. And so Delilah was the one, they couldn't get to him another way. They tried all these ways to get to him. They couldn't get to him another way. So they said, let's try to get to him through this girl that he loves and this girl that he's fallen in love with. And so they took her and they said, we've got money for you. And understand that the money that they had, there was five rulers, and they each gave 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, depending on where you look, some of the numbers I was looking at was 10 pieces of silver equaled a year's wage. And if you look at that, whether it's more or less, even if you take a year's wage, let's say the lowest wage here is $30,000 a year. If you take 1,100 times five, that's 5,500 pieces of silver that could be, in our time, over $16 million. So she was highly motivated. Even if it's $100,000, even if it's $50,000, 
She's highly motivated, depending on how you want to run the numbers. And so she is not there to bless him. She is there to steal his strength and to steal his calling and to steal who he's called to be. The name Delilah means seductress. She is a seducer. She has seducing spirits. And she was sent to seduce Samson uh, on behalf of Satan. And so he did not recognize he was being seduced. He did not recognize. And let me just say it this way. There's a lot of people. Any of us can be seduced. Any of us can be deceived. Anybody. The Bible says anybody can be deceived. None of us are beyond the ability to be deceived. And if you don't think you can be deceived, you're already deceived. Because any of us can be deceived. Any of us can be tricked. And even the best of us, um, this is why we pray. This is why we take time in praying in the Spirit, letting God speak to us. This is why we need discerning of spirits. Because sometimes, you know, you have that situation where you think you know what's going on. And then all of a sudden God opens your eyes and you're like shocked. Because you did not see that person this way or you did not see um, uh, that job or that whatever it is this way. And so Samson was under a, a seducing spirit. And so she, the, Delilah had agreed. She said, all right, I'll try to seduce him and I'll try to get the secret of his strength. So in verses six through nine, I'm not going to read it, but she goes to him and says, so tell me the secret of your strength. And so he lies to her and says, well, if you tie me up with these new um, bowstrings, um, I won't be able to break them. And of course, she ties them up and he breaks them. So then verse 10 and through 12, she says, so tell me the source of your strength. He says, well, if you tie me up with these new ropes, then I won't be able to break them. So she ties him up and he breaks them. So then she says to him, well, tell me the secret of your strength. He says, well, if you weave the seven braids of my hair into a fabric and into this loom and all this, he goes, then I won't be able to break it and you will be able to um, keep me from having any strength. Of course, she does that. And she, she, every single time she says, Samson, the Philistines are here. And he goes and he breaks again. He's able to break all of the restrictions. So, the story, so three times now, you know, he should have figured out. You know, the brother had some issues. You know, I don't know how many red flags you need to have. But, dude, I mean, come on. Every time you said it, she did it. So here she is a fourth time, but she, she changes up her approach and she gets whiny and naggy and she says, verse 15, if you go to verse 15, so then Delilah pouted and she said, how can you tell me I love you? Now understand, not everybody who says I love you loves you. And so you got to be careful who says I love you and who wants you to say I love you back. And when you don't, and she says, how can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You've made fun of me for three times now and haven't told me what makes you so strong. So she tormented him with her nagging day after day 
until he was sick to death of it. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. Well, my hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. And if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I'd become as weak as anyone else. Delilah finally realized that he had told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told him, me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with all the money in their hands. And Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down and his strength left him. When she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come out to capture you. He woke up and he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. Samson was called by God. Samson, just because he had a calling, just because you have a calling, the church has a calling, doesn't mean the church is going to do the call of God. Christians have callings, doesn't mean they're going to do the call of God. We can all be lulled to sleep. We can all be deceived. We can all be taken down by a seducing spirit if we are not watchful, if we don't pay attention to what the enemy's doing. Now understand the difference between Lazarus and Samson. Lazarus, but Jesus said he's asleep, or he was dead, actually, but it was no fault of his own. So Lazarus, I believe, represents a segment of the church that is asleep to no fault of their own. They're just asleep, and they just, sickness or whatever took hold, but Samson is a whole nother cat. Samson is actually lulled to sleep on his own doing. He brought this upon himself. He opened himself up to a seducing spirit. He opened himself up to prostitutes. He opened himself up to people that are not in his best interest being in his life. And he opened himself up. He went against his Nazarite vows. He was not supposed to be intermingling the way he was. And so Samson brought this upon himself, which I do believe is also a segment of the church. I believe there's a segment of the church that just doesn't know, didn't realize. There's others. We're bringing stuff on ourselves, and we know some of the things that are going on, but we're saying, that's okay. I can handle it. I can, I can, I can, I can allow that in my life when you can't. And there's seducing spirits that are out to take you out, out to take out the church, out to take out the people of God, and out to honestly take out our city. And, and, and I want to I bring something to you because I, I, I've been just really dealing with people that are being intellectually seduced, people that are being really with their heads in the lap of Delilah. And I want to break this down because this is, this is actually a really heavy, hard message. The world needs the church now more than ever. More than ever, the world needs the church. The last thing the church needs to be is asleep or dead. Either way, it's bad. 
And the church is the hope of the world. Jesus said that, and he's talking to Peter, but he's talking about the church in Matthew 16, 18 and 19. He said, and I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer the church. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So we have power. We have authority. Jesus said to his disciples, he said to the, to the believers in Mark 16, 15 through 18. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new tongues, new languages. And they will be able to handle snakes with safety and they'll drink any poisonous thing. It won't hurt them. And they'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. We are going to need this kind of church more than ever before. We are in a season of time where people are getting sicker. People are getting into places where uh, they need deliverance. They need breakthroughs. There's so many spirits of bondage. There's so many spirits that are harassing people on a daily, weekly basis. But we're entering into new levels of attacks that are not only happening to us individually, they're happening to us on a city and on a statewide level. There are things that are going on in our nation that are affecting the church. I honestly believe, and you can say, Pastor, I think you're crazy, but give me a chance to explain where I'm going today. Just stay with me, because I need you to pray. I need you to really engage yourself today in prayer. I honestly believe the ultimate goal of the enemy is to destroy the church. I believe the enemy wants to seduce its leaders, seduce the people that are strong, and to destroy the church. Because all the power is in the church. And if the enemy can destroy the church, and understand, this is nothing new. This has gone on in the, in the, in the times of history. We can see that where historically, when the enemy can neutralize the church, he can take a nation. We see that. We saw that in Germany. We see that when you can neutralize a church and you can deceive a church and get the church to get off mission and the church to want to be um, accepted by uh, people, accepted by the government, accepted by others. When you get people who, who want to be accepted in church leadership, you will find that the church will get off missions and they will miss what God is trying to do. And some of them can miss it because of just being seduced. Some of them can miss it out of 1 Timothy 6. says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And so the church is in a very difficult spot right now. And whether you look around the world, I can look at what's going on in Afghanistan, which is horrible, what's going on in Afghanistan. It's just absolutely terrible. But not only Afghanistan, I can look at Nigeria, what's going on in Nigeria, it's terrible. What's going on in China is terrible. There's some things that are going on that are absolutely horrible against the church. But also, when I look at this passage, I'm looking at what's happening to the American church. And I want to talk about what's going on with the American church. Because 
there's been a great infighting amongst the people of God. We need to get on the same page. And we need to be the church that loves God and loves everyone. There should never be people we don't love. And we should love everyone. There shouldn't be, if somebody thinks different than you, we can still love them. We need to love people. But the enemy is trying to drive a wedge between people, trying to drive a wedge between uh, parents and children, trying to drive a wedge between brother and sister, between friends and neighbors, between coworkers, bosses and, and workers. The enemy is really ramping up. And I don't know how much you've seen, but there's some things that are really heavy on my heart. And, and, and this is the message I was hoping I'd never have to preach, but I have to preach. And so I need you to labor with me on this because this is heavy and this is something that is uh, weighing on me because of you. I have people that have been coming to me over the last few months lately have been coming to me weekly, multiple times a week, sharing with me what's going on at their jobs and the type of oppression that they're under and the type of attacks that are coming upon them from their jobs, from government authority. And there's people right now who are either losing their job or threatened to lose their job because of what they believe about a vaccine. And now I'm, I'm not here to disparage a vaccine or not. I'm here to tell you my mission here is to focus on people. My mission here is to love everybody. My mission here is not to stand up and say this is good or this is bad as far as a vaccine or not. That's not my mission. But certainly when I watch people that are in this church losing their jobs over not taking a vaccine, an experimental vaccine, that's a problem. And it's a problem because people are being forced to do something they should never be forced to do. And when I watch people being forced to make decisions, I stand up. You know, my personality, I don't like to bother nobody. If you, if you live in my neighborhood, you hardly see me. Because I'm not trying to bother nobody. I know, I know my neighbors a little bit, but I don't bother them. I leave them alone. They close their garage. I close my garage. We're, we're fine. I'll say hi. They'll say hi. I'm not going to bother you. But if you come to my house and you start messing with my kids, now I've got a problem. And so now I got to either go to sleep or I've got to get up and we're going to square off. Because I don't like people stealing from my house. And I'm literally watching people in my congregation that are really being tortured and tormented at work, that are being tortured for what is going on because of the new law that just went into effect within the past few days. And I don't know if you realize this, but this law now is mandating that all health care workers be vaccinated or lose their jobs. Now, if you don't know that, you need to know that. Because that is un-American and that is certainly unchristian, And it is not right. It is absolutely wrong. I will say this, and please hear my heart. Whatever you choose on the vaccination, 
I love you, I pray with you, and I support you. I do not want to weigh in on that. There's some people, and to me, it's an immune system issue. And as I look at it, if you want to build your immune system up through natural means, that's fine. If you want to build them up through the vaccination, that's fine. If you want to build them up through vitamins or anything else, that's fine. I will love everybody. I will pray. People have come to us and say, I'm getting the vaccination. Will you pray with me? Of course I will. And some people have done very well. So I'm not here to beat up on that. But when people start losing their jobs and people start getting attacked and people start being bullied, I don't like my people being bullied. And I don't like my people being attacked and my city being attacked and being bullied. And I will stand up. And I've had people get mad at me for standing up for people who are being treated wrongly. And this is wrong. This is not right. This is not of God. And I realize that everybody has an opinion. And I realize that we are fed certain things through the media, and I get that. But the writing was on the wall about three, four years ago. Some of you will know this as parents when there was some situations going on where the the government of New York, uh, the governor of New York decided to force vaccinations for all kids going to school uh, because we had kids in our school for years that were, some were vaccinated, some were unvaccinated, and they were fine. They all got along. They didn't have a problem. But all of a sudden, about three or four years ago, there was some concerns about a few little measles outbreaks and stuff, and they said, we're going to, no more religious exemptions, no more medical exemptions, no more anything. We're going to force vaccinations. And they did. And many, we lost families from our school. We lost probably about eight kids from our school. I know uh, that uh, Greece Assembly, uh, their school, they lost probably about 40 kids out of their school. And what happens is these parents decide to homeschool, which I am a proponent of homeschooling. I think if you can homeschool, homeschool is wonderful because you can share your own ideology about things. If you're not paying attention to school curriculum, that's another whole conversation of what's going on in our school. The school curriculum right now in our schools is absolutely demonic. And you don't know that, you need to know that. I'm grateful for the few Christian teachers that are trying to hold the line, because I've talked with you, some of you are in our church, and I'm grateful for you. But in all honesty, um, nowadays, it was bad when my kids were going up, it's even worse now. And the ideologies that they're trying to put into our kids is absolutely destructive for our children. And it, it, you, if your kids are in a public setting, you're going to have to be praying and fasting day and night because to undo all that's being done, you can't sow a seed and not expect it to reap a harvest. And you keep sowing uh, demonic seeds, it's going to reap a demonic harvest at some point. And so we don't understand this, but this has been going on. And three, four years ago when this all came down, I remember talking to the Lord about it and going, hmm, is this something that's going to be on a wider scale in the future? Is this something I need to think about? And I remember praying about that, realizing it was probably a dry run for the future, which now it is. And here we are in the future where now they're mandating um, all government workers. um, uh, However, I'd like to shout out the postal workers whose union actually stood up for them. And they actually can still deliver mail um, without vaccinations. That's what a union's supposed to do. And, and I want to encourage you that have are in unions 
Those of you who have leadership, those of you who have influence, get to your unions and tell them to stand up for you. Unions should be representing all of their constituents, all of their people, not just the vaccinated. I don't like this second-class tier of thinking. This is a second-class citizenship. I've never liked it. I've always stood against it. And now we're seeing it again between the upper tier vaccinated and the lower tier unvaccinated. And it is absolutely demonic. It is wrong. It is not of God. And I have an issue with the mindset behind it. It is a seducing spirit that is seducing people to think that it is right. And it's amazing how many Christians think, yeah, I'm okay with that. Not realizing that it is actually destroying uh, people's lives. It's destroying people's lives. And I understand the seriousness. Trust me, I understand the seriousness of COVID. I understand the seriousness even in our own house. I understand the seriousness of what's going on. It's not that I lack knowledge and understanding the seriousness of it. I understand there's things that I do to, to better protect myself. There's things that I'm aware of. And so I've researched, I've probably read hundreds, if not thousands of articles researching, trying to understand the good, the bad, and the ugly. Finding articles is, is hard because there's so much silencing, which always makes me nervous. Whenever I see the government silencing, it always makes me nervous. What are you hiding? Uh, because there's a lot of hiding going on right now. And we're only being told what the narrative is, what they want things to go forth. Again, this is not a message against politicians. This is a message dealing with a spirit that's attacking the church. I'm not against any political group. I'm not here to raise some sort of insurrection. I'm not here to try to do something crazy. I'm here to raise prayer. I'm here to raise the voice of the people of God, to fight and to pray for your brothers and sisters who are under attack right now. Let me ask a question, and I know I shouldn't do this, but I did in the first service, um, and I'll do it again um, because a good lawyer always knows the question to ask, and he always knows the answer before he asks it, but I don't know the answer. So let me ask a question. How many of you know somebody right now in the Rochester area, or even in the United States, that you know that is being threatened to lose their job because they haven't been vaccinated. Oh, yeah, look at the hands everywhere. Look at it, everywhere. This is real. That's just our church. That's our church. Hands up all over. If you didn't see it online, hands are up all over the place. We're aware of people who are threatened. To, the, to us, that should alarm us. And what bothers me is what people say either in their head or out loud, but mostly in our head, well, it's not me, so I'm good. As long as you don't come for me. Listen, they're coming for you. You might be good now, but they're coming for you. And they're coming for the church, and they're coming for me. And you've got to understand this. Pastor, you're just such an alarmist. Why are you? People are losing their jobs. Did you see all the hands that went up? People that are in Rochester, New York State, we're smart people. We're learned people. We're educated people. 75% of the healthcare workers in our state have been vaccinated, which is great, which is wonderful. But 25% haven't. Those 25% are not stupid people. They're smart people. And for whatever reason, whatever studies they've done, whatever things that they've researched, they don't feel it's for them. They should have that right. 25, they should have the right not 
to be vaccinated. They should have the right to keep their job. But the government wants 100% compliance. So they can tell us, listen, 100% of the healthcare workers are vaccinated. Well, yeah, you laid off the other 25%. Or you bullied them into being vaccinated. And I hate bullies. I do not like a bully. I don't like bullies. And it's bullying. And companies are stepping in and, go, and allowing it. Management, Christian management, Christian people in unions are allowing this to take place. In Rochester, New York, this is taking place. People losing their jobs. There's people walking out of hospitals, people walking out of nursing homes. I'm talking with these people. These people are calling me and saying, Pastor, what should I do? And I say to them, I will pray with you. You need to hear from the Lord what to do. It is not my job to tell you what to do. However, if you feel to fight for your job, I've been, I'm going to keep sending people to Liberty Council. Liberty Council is a law firm, lc.org. I'm sending people to Liberty Council. They are literally getting thousands of phone calls a day from around the country of people who are being treated like second-class citizens, people who are being unfairly identified uh, and being told that they are supposed to be vaccinated with an experimental vaccine. And to me, I am concerned that this is the beginning. And you say, well, Pastor, you know, it, 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 I, I agree with it. I think what they're doing is right. I think it's the best for all. But what you're agreeing with is, is going to cause people to be in poverty, people to lose their jobs. There's, there's students that are in school right now that already have a couple hundred thousand dollars in loans that won't even be able to finish their schooling. And so you're, you're affecting people's livelihood. So it's not right. And you say, well, it's not bothering me. It will bother you when you go to the hospital and there's no nurses. There's no doctors. It will bother you. And you'll be like, how come there's no teachers? There's no teachers because they, they don't, some of them don't want to be vaccinated. There's no firefighters because some of them don't want to be vaccinated. There's no police because some of them don't want to be vaccinated. There's people that are in industries that you and I rely on. You say, well, it's not bothering me. But I know of people right now who are trying to get surgeries who keep getting postponed because they don't have the doctors to do them right now. And I got people in this church that are devastated. They, they're either on the front end of the career or the back end of the career. Some of them are in nursing homes. Some of them are in places where they, they serve, they've served. They were on the front lines of COVID. They gave their heart and soul 15, 20 hours a day and they're being fired from their job. It's not right. And you know me, I'll stand up. And I know, I, I, I don't want anybody to feel bad. I don't want nobody to not like me. I'm not trying to hurt somebody. I don't want people to walk out of here and go, I'm never going back to that guy ever again. That's, if you know my heart, that is not my heart. My heart is to stand up for those who are being treated wrong. And when I see people being treated wrong, I've got to help and try to fight for them. And I know the best way I can fight is spiritually and get the army of the family of God together and let's start to fight. And we've got to recognize what's going on. And we've got to realize that the enemy is trying to take out, ultimately, Christians. Ultimately, the church. And when you see the silencing of the church. You see the silencing. All that's going on is a dry run. 
It's a dry run to silence the church because ultimately they want to silence the church. And again, we can look back at history and see where this has happened. And so you see them silencing this person or that doctor. Even the, gov- even the government leaders got up and said, here's the 12 doctors you shouldn't listen to because they're misinforming you about COVID. You know, I would love to be able to get up and say, okay, can I get the 12 worst cults silenced? Because what's more important, your soul or your, or your health or your body? Can I get up and get the government to silence all the cults? Can we silence the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witness? Can we silence all the ones who are of the demonic faiths? Can we silence them? No, I can't silence them. But yet they're silencing doctors who are well-educated, well-regarded in their field, and they're demeaning them and they're tearing them down because doctors are standing up for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're standing up because there's there's other protocols that can help people when they do get sick, or there's protocols that can help people before they get sick. They're also helping them realizing that some of the things we're hearing and we've been hearing about vaccines are good and bad. You, every, how many commercials do we need to watch on TV where we'll go, you see these happy family, they're all smiling, playing tennis, and they're all joyful. Look at the sun. The sun comes out, and they're happy, and they're playing. Look at this. And then halfway through the commercial, please do not take if you're experiencing these symptoms. If you've got this problem, you're, you're going to die. You're not going to be able to do this. All right, so if I take that, my foot's going to fall off. So why would I take that? I might as well risk the other. But you're not hearing that. But doctors are sounding the alarms because there are vaccination injuries. Now, thank God, most of our people have done great with vaccines. I thank God for that. I'm grateful for that. But there's some in this church who've had vaccine injuries. There's some in this church who've died from the vaccines. We need to own the truth. And I don't like when the truth is being hid from me. I want to know the truth. Let me make a decision on the truth. But we're going to have to fight because there's people that are really being harassed and tormented. There's people in our church that are being really led to a place of of major hurt and frustration. And you say, well, I I believe I believe that, you know, the vaccines are all good. That's fine. But I want you to realize, just go to the Liberty Council website. And just read all the people who have had problems. Just read all the injuries. Just read the one healthcare system. They've got it right on their thing. One healthcare system that they're trying to defend that has 23,000 workers, and 80% of those healthcare workers don't want the vaccine. And they're trying to, and the most of them are African American and Hispanic. Just read for yourself. Go to Liberty Council. Go to that site. See all the people. Who, there's doctors who won't treat people now unless they've had the vaccine. What? And it's right there. I mean, these are lawyers. These are people. They're right there. Now, you don't have to fact check me. I know everybody fact checks everything. And, and if you want to fact check me, that's fine. But understand, it's all there. And you read some of the stories. They're heart-wrenching. There's children now in wheelchairs. There's things that are going on. Again, I'm not here to scare anybody, but I want you to realize there's people in this church that the reason they're choosing 
is not because they may be an anti-vaxxer or anything like that. It's because they have real concerns. They're genuine people that have done some of their research, that have actually looked at some of the research and go, you know what, I'm concerned. Uh, because you're not getting those methylioma uh, commercials or whatever that tell you, you know, you're going to die if you take this drug. You're not getting that, and you're supposed to be. And so for me, I'm looking at this going, what are we going to do as the church? How are we going to live? Because this is going to affect us. This is going to affect our economy. Prices are going to go up. Healthcare is going to go down. Things are going to change rapidly. Taxes are going to go up to pay for the unemployed. I mean, it's going to affect you. You say, well, as long as it doesn't affect you, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect all of us in some way, shape, or form. And I think the, the, what really concerned me was on August 13th, last week, the Department of Homeland Security got in front and put up their domestic terror list. And when they put up their domestic terror list, that means Americans, at the top of the slide, it's right on the slide if you want to watch it, the top of the slide, it says those who are on the domestic terror list are those who are in opposition to COVID measures. I don't know what that means, but I don't like that. Because we've always, listen, the medical field is an imperfect practice. And doctors have always disagreed to come to a better conclusion. That's part of what makes medicine so great, is when you got doctors working together and going, oh, I don't know if that's right, maybe we should try this or that. And they're trying to come to make a better product, make a better medicine. That's what makes our medical advances so great because they're willing to challenge each other. They're willing to challenge findings. They're willing to research. But when you start squashing research, you start squashing data, you start squashing stuff, and you say everybody has to take it, that to me is a problem. That to me, it means we've got something, and here's what I think it's, it's the prelude to, and I want you to understand what I'm saying. It's the prelude. If you've studied end times, you know in end times there's something called the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, I don't believe, just clarify, I do not believe this is the mark of the beast. However, it's a dry run. Because, you say, well, how is it a dry run? Because what happens with the mark of the beast, the mark of the beast is designed, you have to have this mark or this band or whatever it is, you've got to show that you are a part of the elite group that is able to buy and sell. And you're able to buy and sell. Well, what's going to affect more buying and selling than losing your job? So if I lose my job, you're affecting my buying. And you're saying you can't have a job so I'm going to affect from what you can buy. Or I'm going to affect you can't go into that restaurant, or you can't go into that concert, or you can't go into that football game, or you can't go into that, all that other stuff. I'm going to affect you can't go into our school. You can't go. There's a doctor on the Liberty Council website who refuses to treat a man with pulmonary problems because he won't get a vaccination. And I'm looking and going, this is demonic. This is absolutely a prelude to the mark of the beast. They're dry running it and seeing if it works. And understand, whatever you've done, I'm fine with. But please defend your brother and sister. 
please defend those that have chosen a different answer. We love everybody. We love everybody. We're not trying to turn somebody away from each other. We love everybody. Everybody's welcome in, in, in this church. I don't, you know there's churches in Rochester that you can't go to unless you're vaccinated? In Rochester. Anybody's welcome here. My staff, I have no clue in my staff who's been vaccinated, who doesn't. And I'm not asking. It's up to them. They're big adults. They're big people. They're grown adults. They can make their own decision. I'm not asking you. I'm not asking them. You're grown adults. And so I think we have a problem. And the problem goes back to 1 Timothy 6. So not only do we have this situation with a Samson seducing, Delilah seducing spirit, but underneath that Delilah seducing spirit was a love for money. 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10. But people who long to be rich, doesn't say people who are rich, people who long to be rich, fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and have pierced themselves with many sorrows. The love of money is the root of evil. If you, you follow, now I know this is hard to understand, but if you follow people who are demanding us to do something, and if they are getting stocks from it, the love of money, I'm going to make more money if I force them to do this. Understand the love of money. But let me switch this another way. And this is something you and the Lord need to talk about. This is where I come to you and say, is the love of money keeping you from helping somebody else? Because if I stand up for my brother, I could lose my job. And I don't want to lose my job. Or I, I'm going to do this because I don't want to lose my paycheck. Now it's a little more personal. And I understand this is why I say we have to pray. We have to ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? Again, there's some people, please hear my heart, there's some people that have come through vaccinations with no problems. They've been great. But there's people right in this church that have been in the hospital to vac for vaccine injuries. There's people that have died. There's people that we've had to pray for. So it's, it, to keep things fair, yes, you can die from COVID. Yes, you can die from COVID vaccines. I know that's not popular, and I probably just got banned off of YouTube. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you the truth. And you know I've never held the truth back. You know I always tell you the truth. And when the devil starts messing with my people... Mmm, Papa Bear ain't happy. <laughs> Don't mess with my people. Don't mess with them. And I'm not happy. And I'm fighting and I'm praying and I'm fasting and I'm doing what I have to do because I don't like what the enemy 
is trying to do to you, to our city, to the body of Christ. It is horrible. And so we have to take up. And I love what it says here in 1 Timothy 6, because he goes on and he says this. He says, but you, verse 11, Timothy, you're a man of God. And here's what a man of God does. A man of God runs from all these evil things. What evil things? The love of money. Man of God, you're not consumed with the love of money. You pursue righteousness, godly life, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. He says, pursue righteousness and a godly life. Pursue godly living. Again, this is the very thing Samson fell prey to. He was pursuing a prostitute. He was pursuing sexual sin. Sexual sin and other sin. Sin will lead you into a path of deception. This is why you've got to be careful what you're pursuing. Oh, it's just some music. Oh, it's just some videos. Oh, it's just, it's just flirting. You need to be careful. You need to, the enemy, you, okay. We are not smarter than the enemy. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. If we were smarter, we wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. But he says you need the Holy Spirit to discern spirits. There's spirits that are assigned to you. Every person, whether you want to know this or not, I'm going to tell you today, you have a demonic assignment against you to bring you down. You may not want to hear that, but you also have an angelic being assigned to you to keep you from falling. Bible says don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. He's got devices. These are some of his devices. He's going to try to trip you up. Don't be ignorant of his devices. Pursue righteousness. Pursue a godly life. Pursue faith. Here we are in verse 11 of Timothy, 1 Timothy 6. Faith. What is faith? I'm trusting God for everything. If you've lost your job, if you come, you're going to need to hear from God. There's some people that you're not going to be able to get the medical care anymore. You're going to have to believe God for a miracle. And you know what? You're going to see it. You're going to see God do miracles. You're going to see God heal. You're going to see things. I think this could be the greatest time for the church. This could be the greatest moment because people aren't going to get everything they want because we're used to solving it. It's like, uh, I don't need to get prayer. I'll just take, call my doctor. And now you might not get care anymore. You might not be seen anymore. You might get rejected. And so there's people that are going to keep coming more and more to the church and we're, we believe for healing. He says, pursue love. What's that mean? Love God, pursue loving God, but loving people. I got to love people. I cannot let anything divide me. This is why I, I, I'm not trying to let a vaccine divide me. I'm not trying a mask. You want to wear a mask or don't want to wear a mask? I love you. I'm, I haven't, that's the first time I mentioned the word mask. And so... Because somebody asked me the first service, said, did you say mask? I said, no. But let me say it today. I don't, whatever you do is fine. I support you. I support you. What you do. I love you. You do what you feel the Lord wants you to do. You got my support. But we have to realize we got to love. We can't let people divide us. Pursue perseverance. Persevere. Be bold. And pursue gentleness. Be kind. Be strong. Be respectful. The church is supposed to be, the church is called to be Samson of the New Testament. Strong, courageous, taking down enemies. Enemies are not people. Enemies are spirits. 
We're called to take down, strong and powerful. But what my concern is, and the reason I bring this back to Samson, my concern is this. I honestly believe that there's believers who are putting their head in the lap of Delilah. And there's believers that are being intellectually seduced. And they don't think they are, but they are. And I'm encouraging you to pray. I'm encouraging you to ask the Lord. I ask the Lord that all the time. God, am I missing something? God, is there something you need to show me? God, open my heart. I don't believe everything I'm told. I don't believe everything that I hear. Because I know the only one that is truth is God. God, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. So I have to run things by him. Is that the truth? Did what I just hear, is that the truth? And sometimes things are said, and you're like, that doesn't sound quite right. And you ask the Lord, is that the truth? Nope. Is that in the Bible? See, make your decision based on the word of God. Make your decision based on what the Lord says. We're finding out now that some of the things they said that couldn't happen are happening. I mean, I remember in July when the governor got up one day in July and he boldly proclaimed, you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID and you can't give COVID. I remember him saying it. I remember. I've watched thousands of hours of our governor's speech. I could probably give his speech better than him now. Because I want to know and because I'm praying for him. I want him to be saved and I want him to make the right decisions. I do. I'm not against him. I'm against demonic powers. And I want him to make the right. But he said, you can't get it. And now we know that's not true. And if you go onto the MonroeCounty.gov website and you look at Dr. Mendoza's uh, daily reports, his August 4th report, and he might have another one in there, his August 4th report said one-third of the positives are vaccinated people. That's Dr. Mendoza. You, you, you don't hear that information too often. I'm talking about Monroe County. And again, they told us you couldn't get sick, but you can. And it's okay. We just pray for everybody. We don't condemn. Don't live in fear. I'm not here. But see, understand that the world is only projecting one voice. And we have to have another voice that comes and says, wait a sec. Everybody's loved. Everybody's cared for. Stop creating a two-tier system. Stop trying to make us against them. Stop trying to put vaccinated against unvaccinated. We love everybody. We pray for everybody. Whether you've been vaccinated or unvaccinated, it don't matter. But understand, the world's only putting one voice. So we have to push another voice out there and go, yes, God loves everyone. Well, I don't know if I'm coming back to this church. Please come back. I promise you I won't preach this next week. No, I don't promise that. I don't know what the Lord will tell me what to do. I can't promise that. Listen, Delilah doesn't care about you. All Delilah cared about was that $16 million she was going to get. Or whatever the amount was. Delilah pretends to care about you. That's the spirit of seduction. That's the spirit that at the end of the day, it's all about the love of money. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It really is. We don't want to hear that. We want to believe the best of everybody. And you know what? There are some really good people. There are. But not everybody. And understand, 
that we have to help each other in times like this. There's people who are losing their job, people who are losing their health care, people who are losing their money. And we've got to start waking up and realizing and understand that the enemy is out to destroy us. But Jesus makes this promise, and I close with this. Jesus makes this promise, and he says this. The gates of hell will not prevail against my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. Whatever you bind and forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you allow will be allowed in heaven. Understand, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Will the gates of hell prevail against some Christians? Yes. But against the church? No. And the challenge is, the church needs to wake up. The church needs to wake up from their sleep. And I'm talking about the church at large. Our churches, I pray for pastors all the time. Yesterday, I was at a meeting out in Batavia with Mario Murillo, who's doing incredible soul winning out in California. He's coming to western New York, August 3, 4, 5, and 6, August, October 3rd through 6, October 3rd through 6. He's coming, and in that meeting, there was such hunger. There was a 1,000 pastors and leaders at that meeting yesterday in western New York asking God for a move of God. There are people that are hungry for a move of God. There's people that are hungry. We need a move of God. There are too many miracles. There's too many healings. There's too many breakthroughs. And while the government and the people that mean for wrong think they have their foot on the pedal, I've got my foot on the pedal too. I don't know what this crash is going to look like, but I understand that I'm taking as much territory as I can while I'm alive. I don't know how long I'll be here, but as long as I'm here, I'm going to see people saved. I'm going to see people healed. I'm going to see people delivered. I'm going to go after the right things for the people of God. And we're going to see Rochester saved. Rochester has to get. Maybe this will draw people that have been out there into the church. Maybe this will draw people into God, people who are desperate. I don't know what it's because God can always take what the enemy means for evil and he can always turn it for good. And I don't know what God is going to do, but I want you to labor with me in prayer. Jump on the prayer wall. Pray with people. Invite people to church. Pray in the spirit. Witness to people. Now is the time for salvation. Now is the time to lead people to Christ. Now is the time when the church needs to be awake and see God move. Let's stand today. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church Podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.